Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. It's the second hour of Sports Talk here on News Talk 1493.9 FM, WDWS Champaign-Urbana. Featuring the News Gazette sports writers, Matt Daniels, Bob Osmussen, and Scott Ritchie, delivering the latest insights on the Illini and more. Join the program by calling 217-356-9397 or send a text to the Castle Heating and Cooling text line, 217-351-5357. Now, here are the News Gazette sports writers and your host, Steve Kelly. Good afternoon, everybody, and welcome to hour number two of Monday Night Sports Talk here on DWS and 93.9 FM. With you until 6 o'clock this evening. The phone line is open, 217-356-9397. Matt Daniels, the sports editor of the News Gazette, is here. Matthew, how are you doing today on a Monday? Yeah, good muggy Monday, but uh, Victory Monday if you're an Illinois fan. So uh, after celebrating Victory Sunday as well, so just continue it on for the next uh, four days or so. Illinois football team getting win number one, 38-6 over Wyoming. At Memorial Stadium, Bob Ostmussen was there. Your thoughts on uh, the ball game? Illinois won the game. <laughs> uh, I thought they did. I thought deep I, penetra- back after this. This deep penetrating insight. <laughs> I picked. I picked a closer game than that. So I. I, I would say I was disappointed at Wyoming. Didn't re- really put put up much of a fight. I thought Illinois played really well. Probably one of the better better openers I've seen here in a long time. I think a lot of people uh, expected a closer game. Yeah, I, I, I think what you have a two touchdown game in your prediction, Scott. Yeah, I think and that's what the line right. eventually turned into is right. Illinois you know, as a fourteen point favorite. So that's what I had them winning by. Um, but I mean, this was it's a Wyoming team that pre transfer portal era probably would have beat Illinois. Cause they would, have been, would have been closer, yeah. much closer, yeah. Because they lost, I don't know, like all of their good players right. <laughs> to the portal. That And if they would have all returned after making a winning a bowl game last year, I mean, I think that Craig Bull would have a really interesting team. They just didn't have the talent to keep up with Illinois, and there was no real stopping you know, Chase Brown. I mean, they, they bottled him up a few times, and that was more, I think, offensive line trying to figure itself out, especially the interior guys, but... You know, Chase Brown was, I think, as expected and maybe even a little better. I mean, he he really was really he's going to be the reason Illinois is successful this season if they are. Right. I agree. They bothered him up a little bit, but that was in the second half. And uh, he had, what, 139, I think, mm-hmm. at halftime, and he finished with 151. Mm-hmm. So he, he could have. Could he have put up 200? Probably, but... Uh, only got 19 carries. Didn't so. need to, yeah. Well, I think all things considered, it was almost like the perfect way to script a season opener for Illinois. You you get the win. You get one convincing in convincing fashion, too. You see Chase Brown rip off a really impressive first half. Like you said, he didn't put up much in the second half, but he really didn't need to. Uh, Tommy DeVito didn't turn the ball over. Uh, didn't really... Right. 
test Wyoming all that much too. And I think that was good for probably Barry Lenny Jr. to have some in his back pocket as well. So Indiana doesn't get the whole scout out ahead of time this week. Also, too, it's not it was not a perfect game by any stretch of the imagination, too. They had some flaws, some Still penalties. Some coachable. Exactly. So it's not like, you know, Illinois went in there and won sixty three nothing and Brett Bielman and his staff have to kind of, you know, get them to kind of get their heads back in, in check and, and their egos from exploding at all. But it, it by all means, you know, you, you put on a convincing show. It was the game wasn't in doubt at all. Ne- pretty really much never. in the second really half. The especially in the second half on. Um, and, and then you got pretty much everyone you wanted to. You got some playing time. Um, the only problem really for Illinois was Josh McRae. That, yeah. was really, mm-hmm. that was really the big flaw in that game was him getting hurt because he's a guy I wrote about for tomorrow. He's a guy that team was going to, going to count on a lot because Chase Brown, as good as he is, can't take every carry. So you need – and they're such a good complement to each other. Mm-hmm. Chase Brown is more of a – Slider guy, faster guy, and Josh McRae kind of a pounder guy, and they don't have him for at least a couple weeks or more. That's the problem. Well, Brett Bielma talked about that and about uh, the opener in general today. Here's what he had to say about uh, the injury to Josh McRae. Josh McRae, I don't think I know that he won't be with us this week. I just don't know the long-term prognosis uh, to where he's at. And Sean Miller um, has a, uh, an appointment today at five o'clock that we should gather some more information. So those two guys, really, uh, the only two that'll be um, um, uh, out prolonged. Uh, in the fact that they won't be with us this week, everybody else got through it pretty pretty clean. Isaiah was just a cramping issue. He was cleared to play to come back in, and we just didn't want to do it at that point. Um, uh, and then, uh, uh, really, that's it. Uh, we had a couple of guys do well on both sides. I thought uh, for the number of guys, not you know, like you take Julian Pearl, right? He had started for us on the right side at guard and tackle. He had never started at left tackle. He's starting next to Isaiah Adams, who had never started a ball game at Illinois. Who's starting next to? Uh, Alex Pilstrom, who had never played a snap at center, to sitting next to uh, right guard Zy Chrysler, who had never played a game here at Illinois. Um, Palcho was the equalizer. He's had like 88 career starts uh, at right tackle, right? So he brings our, our average up. But I, that was like kind of a microcosm of that game. You know, you see Tommy DeVito, who has played a lot of football, but he had never played one snap for Illinois. His, his first handoff was a big run. His, his first pass was a touchdown. Um, so there's a lot of positives on the offense side of the ball. I thought really on the outside uh, to see the, the development and improvement of Pat Bryant was probably one of the neatest things for me to witness and watch. But also Hightower, um, you know, with a couple great catches and just being a good player uh, in, in a good moment. Uh, Isaiah was really being effective. You know, unfortunately, his biggest catches and statistically his biggest numbers were ones that got called back uh, because of penalties. So he had a good day, could have been an exceptional day. That's Brett Bielma earlier today. Tommy DeVito also talked about after the game, he can't remember the last time he wasn't sacked in a ball game. Barely got hit. Scott? Yeah, so uh, we found out that the last time he wasn't sacked was maybe in high school <laughs> uh, because <laughs> like he was, you know, Brett Bielma mentioned this, it was something he talked about with Tommy DeVito and his parents when they were recruiting him, was in two seasons, in the two seasons that he was the main starter at Syracuse, he was sacked 86 times. Um, I think it was over like 14 total games. So um, I'm not going to do the math now because I don't think I could do it in my head anymore. It's about 6.2 a game. There you go. A lot. That's impressive. Wow, that was impressive. That's uh, sixth, grade math, sixth grade math coming Good job, Ray, right man. There. <laughs> yeah, well, you know, I used to be able to do even It's been a while since I've been in the sixth grade. I don't know about you, Bob. But. Yeah, they're closer to it than that we are, so <laughs> no question. But the fact that Tommy DeVito was – 
upright for the entire game. It's like his Syracuse career got derailed because he got hurt because <laughs> he got knocked down. He got hit a lot. Um, so we'll see if you know the, an offensive line can keep him upright as the season progresses and they face better defenses. But uh, that was. It was a positive for one game. Well, and I think, too, that, that goes to kind of show you DeVito's maturity and understanding as a quarterback as well. I mean, this is the sixth year of college football, and I'm sure he's tired of picking himself up with the ground. We'll see if that trend continues for the next 11 games at all, but he was getting rid of the ball quicker than he probably wanted to on some plays, and, and Bielema noted that today as well, that he you know, just kind of let plays not develop at times just so he wouldn't get hit. And, and that's okay, too, in a, a game that ends up being a 38-6 to win where it's pretty much over uh, within a half. That, that I think, is something you want to see, especially, too. I know it's talked about often with Illinois football. This is the next biggest game. And, you know, Indiana on Friday night, it's, a, it's an important game. It, it's going to set the path for a narrative one way or the other for this Illinois season. It, it means if – it doesn't mean, though, if Illinois beats the Hoosiers in Bloomington that – you know, college football playoff. Here, here comes Illinois. It also doesn't mean too if they lose. Okay, a one and eleven season is in the cards. If they win all twelve games, they will not be in the playoffs. That's funny that you say if they win all twelve games. If they, I'm just off. saying say if they win, if they win all twelve and and the Big Ten title game, I don't think they'll make the playoffs. It's because they're so far behind right now. So that's the problem. Blame that's the, the blame the writers. That's a no. The writers said that doesn't matter. But I'm saying if Illinois ends up being 13-0, they're going to be in the college football This playoff. is why – no, they're not. This is why they're not. This is why you need 12 – I mean, you need 8, 12, 16 teams to play off. No, I agree. But I think if I think if, I think if I think if any Big Ten team goes 13-0, there's a good shot they're in the college football playoff. Illinois will have won at Michigan in that scenario. They good. will likely have beaten, at Wisconsin. They will likely have beaten Ohio State in the Big Ten title well, that game. That might that might do it. Okay, good point. Okay, I didn't think about that. If part. they're th- if they're thirteen and zero and they're not in the playoff, burn the playoff to the ground. I, no, they will because Illinois fans will burn it to the ground. <laughs> <laughs> there will be a stampede out of Champaign to wherever the CFP committee is meeting. This is a discussion I never thought thought we'd have. Yeah, well, well you brought it up, Bob. Sorry. <laughs> My fault. Now, <laughs> is it a discussion we'll have in November? You know, probably not. But if by some chance Illinois is undefeated. Hey, right now they're, they're on the path to 13-0 and and Chase Brown's the favorite for the Heisman. There you go. I mean, all of that is true through, <laughs> what, like eight games And right played. now they're they're in the final four of, of, of teams that have played a game. Right? Hey, they're well, better I, than Nebraska. I was thinking, what would it take for me to rank Illinois? What kind of start? Mm-hmm. And I, I don't think 3-0, 3 no will be 4-0. So I think they have to win the fifth game. At Wisconsin. That's at Wisconsin. B5-0. Then they absolutely would be ranked. I don't think 4-0 because Chad Nuka is one of the teams in there. Probably, probably did not do it. It is 520. We're off and rolling on the Monday edition of Sports Talk. If you want to join us on that conversation or any other uh, football-related items, we've got some basketball news to talk about as well. We'd love to hear from you. 217-356-9397. We're back after this. This is Colin Likas from the Gazette. Join us for Wednesday's season debut of Serve for a Prep Football Confidential, powered by the U of I Army ROTC, live at 6 p.m. right here on DWS. It is moving up on 524 here on DWS and 93.9 FM. Hour number two of Monday Night Sports Talk. Steve Kelly with Matt Daniels, Bob Osmussen, Scott Ritchie. Talking Illinois football, Illinois basketball, whatever else 
might be on your mind. We'll get to some baseball conversation as we uh, move along as well. Here's the glass half empty or half full question I have for you guys. And it involves the fact that Illinois has played the game. Indiana has not. Who does that benefit? Scott, we'll start with you on that. Illinois has got a game in the books. They've got a win under their belt. A lot of people say, a lot of coaches say, the best improvement comes between game one and game two. Indiana, on the other hand, has an idea of what Illinois is going to do, and I'm not sure Illinois has any clue or not much of a clue about what Indiana will do. Yeah, it turns out Tom Allen's as tight-lipped as Brett Bielma right. when it comes to who's going to be playing. Um, but I still think Illinois has the advantage. Playing like a live game is better than practicing for another week against the same guys you've been hitting for three weeks in camp. So uh, I don't know if that'll mean a win for Illinois in Bloomington, but I think you know the game experience, especially for – a lot of guys on that Illinois roster that had played, but they hadn't been the guy at their position yet. So I think that that'll be important for them. Yeah, I I totally agree. I think I think that fact that you get, you've been hit in the game, Tommy DeVito. I think if there was a matchup of teams that had not played, I think Indiana would have a strong advantage because they're at home, all the familiarity and all that stuff. But I think yeah, I think it's a big big deal for Illinois. Because they know what they can do, what they can't do. Maybe that's a better question. What can't you do? Indiana, as far as we know, can do everything. And what we don't know, Matt, is how much of Barry Lunny Jr.'s offense we actually saw. I'm sure we didn't see it all, not mm-hmm. in the first game. Not that they were sitting on anything, but you go into a game like that with doing whatever it takes to win. Yeah. If it takes the whole <laughs> kit and caboodle of the playbook, mm-hmm. you roll it out. This one did not. Yeah, I'm going to be the contrarian in this debate and say Indiana has the advantage by okay. not playing, just to spice it up a little bit and not kind of go with the, the company line here at all. Um, just because, too, if Illinois was going into its first game of the year, you'd have to think they'd have Josh McCray healthy to play Friday That's night true. against the Hoosiers. Yes, Tom Allen hasn't tipped his hand publicly about what quarterback he's going to start. All indications, though, would seem to point that Connor Basilek's going to be the guy for the Hoosiers. I think it helps Illinois in the sense that you have a defensive coordinator in Ryan Walters who spent two years with Connor Basilek at Missouri, so you have somewhat of an idea. Um, but, yeah, I just think, yes, it helps Illinois to, like Tommy DeVito said after the game on Saturday, to get that first hit out of the way, to know what it's like at all. But then again, Indiana has seen – some of what Illinois is going to do and I'm sure Tom Allen who's taking back the play calling responsibilities on defense this year is going to say okay Tommy DeVito beat me I think you're going to see a very aggressive approach at the line of scrimmage not wanting Chase Brown to get loose and then without a Josh McCray back there who's proven yes Chase Hayden Brett Bielma likes him he was at Arkansas followed him to Illinois Reggie loved the third had a pretty cool touchdown run against Wyoming those two haven't really proven themselves yet the way Chase Brown has so I don't know I mean that's that's an interesting dynamic I think I I get why Illinois in the first years under Bielma has scheduled uh, their season opener in late August to get kind of the attention that they may not get if they're buried under the avalanche of you know 60 other college football games but then again the, you saw what happened last year. They beat Nebraska, and then they went over in September. So he said that today. He said that, that exact same thing. Last year, I didn't do a very good job. We didn't win the second game, which is 
should be their goal, obviously, but yeah, that's a big deal. But he also kind of indicated that if given the opportunity to play a week zero game, he would do it all Every the time. Every time. Because it gets him a second exactly. bye week. Open week. <laughs> <laughs> I, I don't know. I mean, we're all going to have a better answer to this debate come late Friday night, right. depending on what happens in in Bloomington, Indiana. If Illinois goes in there and, and handles Indiana like they did Wyoming, then sure, it's looking like a great decision. But if Illinois goes into the other Memorial Stadium in the Hoosier State and, and struggles, then I think that question can be raised as, as far as his future scheduling too because, yeah, it's it's great to have that spotlight on you, but Illinois isn't the only college football game happening. They weren't. There were 10 other college football games on, on Saturday, so this whole premise of, oh, we're the only show in town. No, you're really not. There's a lot of other games going on. I just think maybe in the future – It'll be interesting to see what scheduling decisions they make when it when it comes to future schedules. Everybody should play in week zero. Just make it week one. Then, then, then it wouldn't be week <laughs> well, zero. Yeah. I know, but I'm saying everybody should last week of August, last weekend of August, start playing the games and give everybody, everybody the option to have two open weeks, not a bye, because that would be in the incorrect term. Two open weeks during the season to be huge for everybody. You're trying to help players, trying to help athletes. Sure. Health-wise, that's how you do it. So it, everybody plays first week. Indiana folks are complaining a little bit, which is, I think, good. That's fine. <laughs> a lot of complaint about having to open the season against a, a conference opponent. Penn State and Purdue do mm-hmm. the same thing mm-hmm. coming the, up Nebraska on Nebraska Northwestern just Thursday night. Right. Right. So that's the way that falls. Although I think I, if I had a choice, I'd rather not do that. But that's the way the schedule is. Yeah, and, and again, I think that's come more from the – the Big Ten point of things where they kind of maybe want to get some interest going mm-hmm. early oh, yeah. on uh, where it's not just kind of a you know I, I don't think Nebraska and North Dakota really kind of moves the needle past anyone besides those people 90,000 people it'll be in Lincoln this, this Saturday if that were the opener okay but Nebraska Northwestern generated a lot of headlines a lot of discussion because it was a Big Ten game but not granted, a big crowd well it wasn't Dublin it wasn't, I know but you know and they Pretty much. I mean, that stadium was close to full. Yeah, I think it's thirty something thousand out of forty something thousand. So, fuller than Memorial Stadium was. Well, that's a good point. Although I'm not sure Nebraska maybe got the headlines it was hoping for, or the Big Ten got the because really nothing about that game was about Northwestern winning. It Mm. was man, Scott Frost is a bonehead. (laughs) Right. Don't mess with the Pat Fitzgerald. Don't give them a year to prepare and not expect them to do exactly what they did. Well, if you were going to pick that game based on the head coaches, that was a no-brainer. Correct. Of, of guys that can with, yeah, come up months, in big games. Give me fits. That's right. Yeah, I mean, one of my favorite stats I saw on social media this past weekend was the fact that if Scott, even if Scott Frost wins his next 50 games at Nebraska, he'll still have a worse record than what Bo Pelini had when they fired him at Nebraska. But... Bo Pelini wasn't a nice guy, so that's why the folks in Lincoln wanted him out. All he, all he, did, all he did was go 9-4 and four every year, Bob. I got a different perspective on this since I grew up there. My first game, college game, Tom Osborne, it was, it was his first game. Mm-hmm. My first game, his first game. So I got to watch him for 25, 30 years. It was pretty cool. And I think the idea there, the reason they went after Scott Frost is everybody there dreams of having that feeling again. And when Osborne was there, they felt like they could beat anybody. I don't think that's ever going to happen again, obviously. It's not going to happen again. But that's why they hired him. That's why 
people are saying he's gone, blah, blah, blah. Don't be so sure. I will be the contrarian. I'll be the mat on this one. Everybody's <laughs> got him fired. Everybody's, got, everybody's sure he's gone. Don't be sure. He, he'll certainly come back and win this week. He might win five or six games, and then he'll be back next year. Well, I mean, are we sure, like, Scott Frost is a nice guy? Comes off as oh, a, you know, jerk. Yes. I don't think nice. Right now, that place would settle for the devil if they won a bunch they of They had Bo Pelini. <laughs> Bo Pelini was not the devil. Oh, okay. <laughs> they would settle for whoever wins games there will be the most popular person ever. They no, I'm telling you, they weren't winning at high enough level, though. They certainly I, aren't now. I get that. <laughs> and they haven't been that. since they fired both So players. who do the fans in Nebraska want, if not Scott Frost? Well, if not him, somebody else. <laughs> I mean, okay, the answer is anybody else. Anybody else. I, was, I said this openly. Matt Campbell, Iowa State's head coach, is going to be the next coach there, I believe. There's not because, another Nebraska guy out there somewhere. I don't think they, so. They've tried that. But there's Nebraska over. guys, the AD right now. Yeah. And that's the most important thing. He's going to do, he cares about where they are more than any person on earth. He cares more about that team than anybody. He wants to fix it because he was there when they were great. He was there on national title teams. He he hates he hates this. So he will he will find the best coach. He might not think it's a guy he is right now. Probably doesn't think that he would get the best coach. So if it's Matt Campbell, he'll he'll be here. Here's well, here's what's going to happen. They're going to regardless of what happens on October first against Indiana. <laughs> they're going to fire Scott Frost on October second because his buyout halves at that point. And then Tom Osborne, eighty five year old Tom Osborne, <laughs> is going to come in, coach the rest of the season. Yeah, and that's going to happen. Uh, and then they'll do whatever they want. They don't care. You you're incorrect about one thing, and that is the buyout does not matter for one second. It doesn't matter a bit. They there are people there. There are farmers in Nebraska will then send them <laughs> checks for as much money. How much do you want to fix the football program? You need a billion? Here. Here's a check. Warren Buffett will say, here, have a check. That's not a problem. They will give the that, – that is not – don't even think about that for a second. It does, that, does not matter. Friday night's game, Illinois and Indiana, will be the 14th game as head coach for mm-hmm. Brett Bielma. And you and I talked a little bit earlier this afternoon about uh, how long has it been since a, a, a yeah. coach started out at least 500 through uh, his first dozen or so yeah, games. Yeah, Brett Bielen has got a shot to uh, to get to seven and seven in his brief in his early Illinois tenure with a win Friday night in, in Bloomington. And if he does so, he would be the first Illinois coach to have a 500 record through 14 games since John Makovic. Oh, I thought it was Stepper. Was the, I was going to guess. He was one under. One. I was going to say, I was guessing. It was he had a tie in there. Yeah, he, he well, close. counting Tepper, he lost the John Hancock Bowl because he was the interim coach right. for that game. And then he went 6-5-1 and one his first okay. year, so 6-6-1, six, six and one, but then they lost the first three games of 94. Okay. Um, not that he, he – since Tepper, it's been kind of downhill. I mean, Bielman's got the best record through the first 13 games of any Illinois coach since Tepper. Ron Turner struggled. Right. Ron Zook struggled. I was, I was there. Tim yes. Beckman they struggled. struggled. Lovey Smith struggled. Right. But no, if if Illinois were to win Friday night, again, this is a very odd stat to think about, but he would be at 7-7 seven and seven at Illinois at 500. That would be the first coach at 500 through the first 14 games since John McAvoy. Wow. I'll throw another 7 in that mix. Brett Bielma 7-0 and 0 against Indiana. There you go. 
So what I'm, those games were at Wisconsin. Right? <laughs> 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 that, that team helps. Monte Ball. Oh, yeah, yeah, he brings right. up his running Melvin backs. Gordon yeah. and, yeah, like, we had sunny. Monte Ball, and his backup was James <laughs> White, <laughs> and his backup was Melvin Gordon. It's like, like, wow. Okay, you had three NFL running backs all in the same rotation. Like, yeah. You're not quite there yet. Yeah, it's for reader to think, too, because this is Illinois' first game at Indiana since 2013, which was Brett Bielma's first season at Arkansas. Were we there, we Matt? Were. Yeah. We were there? Mm-hmm. Okay. have vague memory. I've lost a lot of that stuff. I don't remember that. Steve Hole had a great game. Yeah, he did. There you go. Defense couldn't stop Bloomington North High School that day. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, offense did well. When they give up 575 like 56-34, something was yeah. bad. Yeah. Late afternoon kick. I was there, too. Folks in Bloomington were talking about Noah Vonley and how he's going to be the next big thing for Indiana basketball. I tend to forget those some of those games on purpose. So, <laughs> you know? It's a blur. It's a blur. <laughs> it really is, after a while. You see so many, but uh, yeah, I'd look at the stats and say, "Yeah, I, I was there." But yeah, I'll, I'll go with that. What's what the stat book says? I can't uh, really confirm it. I couldn't take an oath. <laughs> what time of year was that, Matt? Was uh, November. No, okay. Hey, yeah. Mid November. Vague, vague memory of that. Best memory of that trip was uh, stopping at the Illinois Team Hotel on Friday night in downtown Indy, and oh. uh, we would always get the coach, sure, the fr- Illinois coach, Friday night before the game, and. Tim Beckman comes off the bus and sees Bob and I in the lobby at the JW Marriott <laughs> and then immediately does a U-turn back to the bus. But then he came back and talked to us. I go back uh, far enough that in traveling with the team that uh, back in the day that Illinois used to stay when they went to Bloomington way out in the in the, in the, in the jungle. No, that that <laughs> hotel was haunted. Uh, it, was. <laughs> it was haunted. I'm not kidding. It was haunted. The players hated it. And it, it did, uh, but it was, you, you expected banjos to start. Oh, it was a crazy place! <laughs> no offense to banjos. <laughs> that was that was crazy. Oh yeah, what was that place called? I forget. But Some uh, resort, but yeah, it was it not. Was. It, it was, wasn't really resort. resort. Was not fair. <laughs> After dark, it was a little strange. Oh my, yeah. Let's go to the phones. Hey, you're on the Monday Night Sports Talk. Go ahead. Hey guys, uh, not to throw a wet blanket or anything, but I remember Bill Cubitt's first year. They were four and one in 2015 and finished five and seven. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Lovey Smith, 2016. They won his first game big, and then you know what happened after that. These these inferior opponents they play at the start cannot get excited over. I mean, week one is like Lauren kind of wrote. They don't have preseason, but it's basically preseason unless you're playing, you know, like Notre Dame, Ohio State. Which, mm-hmm. you know, yeah, that's a great point. <laughs> no, that's that's not being a white blanket. That's perfectly logical. I mean, Wyoming. Looked like an FCS team on oh, they're Saturday. Brutal. They, I mean, were, they brutal. were really, the, really bad. The yeah. actual FCS team Illinois will play this year will probably be better. Way better. Yeah. yeah. Than Wyoming. I think, I think well, they're ranked. They're they like top like, 15. Wyoming looked too intense to me. Mm-hmm. They looked bad. Now, they, maybe they all get yeah. fixed, but yeah, that's right. Well, I think they're, maybe the, I guess the reason, I don't know if it's a reason for optimism, is the fact that the Big Ten opener is this Friday at Indiana. If Illinois were to say they were going to Ohio State on Friday, right. then it would be, okay, let's just. Try not to get if you're Illinois, just try not to get embarrassed at, at the horseshoe. But Indiana, yes, they had success in, in 2020 during the COVID affected season. But last year, their fans probably thought they were a wet blanket. I mean, they went two and ten, right? Oh, and nine in the Big Ten. Tom Allen completely revamped his staff, all the good vibes that they had are completely gone. And it's just more of a question mark as to what which Indiana team is going to show up on Friday night. Is it going to be the Indiana teams we're all kind of accustomed to, which are kind of just lackluster, or is it going to be they're going to come out like gangbusters and just kind of put Illinois back on its, its heels? I mean, we saw last year Illinois won some close games, Penn State, Minnesota, 
they also lost, lost a lot of close games. Yeah. Purdue, Maryland. So those are some some storylines going into Friday night as well. Anything else, caller? Uh, well, I was going to say, uh, Connor Basil, I guess that's a, not a bad quarterback right there. I'm surprised that they got into him uh, as easily as they did, the transfer portal. I and mean, we had already taken DeVito so early that no one else was being looked at. But that's a legit quarterback there from the SEC that they got. Yeah, I mean, he, he had some some highlights at Missouri. Struggled a little bit there his second year under Eli Drinkowitz with some some accuracy issues, and I think they kind of wanted to go in a different direction too. And uh, but yeah, he's he's definitely a, he's he's started big time games. He's not going to be intimidated or anything by what Illinois shows or, or what the atmosphere is like Friday night in Bloomington at all. You know, Tom Allen did not get stupid all of a sudden. He had a good team a couple of years ago, mm-hmm. so he didn't forget forget how to coach. He's, that team, I believe, will rebound some. Maybe not uh, where they not were. The top twenty-five level. No, no, no. Sure. But they'll be they'll be closer to five hundred than they were a year ago. Certainly, I, I don't think there's cool. any question about that. I think they were top ten last year going into the Iowa game at the start of the year. They were, which was ridiculous, kind of. But, but okay, we'll, we'll, that's another discussion. Hey, appreciate the call. Thanks. Anyway. So, Bob, uh, the new AP poll will not come out for another week. A week we from, get a day. Week from, right, week from tomorrow. Okay. So all the weekend games are accounted for. There's a Sunday, Sunday night game and a Monday, and a Monday night, game. Yeah. So you got to wait for those. And so it'll my, come out next Tuesday then? Next Tuesday okay. around noon or so. So That'd be the day after Labor Day, wouldn't Correct. It? So I'm right now kind of, I'll watch everything, see what happens, but my poll is pretty, pretty messed up. Well, you get a Saturday off by having a, Friday night Illinois game. You can watch all the games you want. I, that's all I will do. I'm not moving. I'm just sitting in front of the big TV. I got a new TV. I'm going to sit in front of it. Now I may move to get food, and that's pretty much it. Walk the dog, and that's it. It is uh, 5:42. We'll take a break. More Monday Night Sports Talk. Hour number two is coming up. Stay with us. Join us Wednesday night for the next edition of the Brett Bielema Radio Show, live at Papa Dale's Pizza Factory in Champaign, 7 to 8, right here on Newstalk 1400 and 93.9 FM. Moving up on 546, want to jump in, you've got another 10 or 12 minutes, 217-356-9397. You missed it earlier, Chase Brown, the co-Big Ten Offensive Player of the Week, no surprise there, with that 151-yard output that he had against Indiana. Illinois and Indiana Friday night at 7.05 Champagne time. That keeps going up. That needs to go back down. Maybe it's, let, let's make 6.05. Well, 6.05 Central would be fine with us, wouldn't it? It would be a lot better. If you're Hello? watching in the mountain time zone, it's 6.05. There you go. Or listening. What can you, uh, I, th- I know the answer, but maybe people don't, but what can you get in the paper on a 7 o'clock Friday night game time. A very fast typing game story from Scott Ritchie and uh, a lot of photos and some other elements. Mm-hmm. Uh, we do grades for every Illinois game. We do a graphic. Can you get that that stuff done? I hope so. We, we've, we've got a little bit later. <laughs> Scott, it's all I'm going to try. It all depends on Scott's internet connection in Bloomington, Indiana, and how fast he's typing. But no, Scott's got this down to a science. I know he's, he does. He's used to it with yeah, Every stuff. basketball game starts... <laughs> Uh, right, eight o'clock. As, this is early for you. We we should have a little bit uh, leeway in, in as far as our deadline, our usual deadline on Friday night to get the pages out to get every like, not just getting the story, but making sure it is on the page and headlines are written and things like that is eleven p.m. on Friday now. As far as I know, my understanding right now is we'll have a little bit later 
uh, deadline on Friday, which obviously is a huge benefit too, because we've got a ton of high school football games going on in our area as well. So yeah, it'll be busy. I'll kind of just black out like I do every Friday night from about 9.30 till we get the paper out where I don't really know what I did, but somehow we did it. So all the covers will be up at AlliantHQ.com in the wee hours of Saturday morning, and then we'll have full extensive coverage in Sunday's paper as well. And we'll have extensive coverage Saturday morning if we make it back from... Uh, yeah, you're going to be the one that's in trouble Saturday morning, Steve. You're going to, what, get about a few hours of sleep? Yeah, maybe two or three. Okay. We'll come back the after The glamorous day. lifestyle of sports yeah, media Yeah, it is right glamorous, <laughs> yeah. As long as those banjos don't catch up, <laughs> catch up with me and keep me in Hoosier land, we'll be here at 9 o'clock on uh, Saturday morning. Um, so I like the way you put the pressure on Scott yeah, right there in front right. of everybody and... But he's good. He's, he handles he's well. A, he's a pro. Now, this you know, f- it's better than anybody else that basketball games go quicker than football games, right? Yeah, I mean, they're an hour shorter. <laughs> At so, least. Yeah. Um, I'm hoping for a lot of Chase Brown, a lot of running by Indiana. No need to throw the ball. Let's we'll just get the keep the clock moving. Yeah, it'd be one of those where it's either, you know, you know what your your game story is going to be by halftime if the outcome's pretty lopsided, and then if it's close, you got you got two game story yeah, files. You're, you're writing well, you two know at what? The same time. I thought the game Saturday would be quicker than it turned out to be, with both teams kind of relying on the run. Yeah, I don't know. The second half seemed to drag. It sure did. Quite a bit. Um, so not hoping for a repeat <laughs> on Friday, but I, I'm I'll, a, I'll get it done. I'm with Scott on. Three, three o'clock starts are not my favorite because no. it kind of ruins the day. If it's early, I'm done in time to watch games that night. If it's if it's later, obviously it's late. Deadlines is tough. But three is kind of in the middle and not great. Yeah, but seven is not any seven better. Worse, seven <laughs> is worse, right? It's just, I think just, you know, play every game at 11. 11. Oh, yeah. yeah, I'm all for that. I wouldn't argue with that, especially on the road. Get in and out of there early. Some basketball news. Big basketball news. Yeah, with a commitment uh, yesterday afternoon. Tell us about it, Scott Ritchie. Yeah, well, the the one, essentially, you know, class of 2023 prospect that Illinois had been recruiting uh, committed to the Illini. So all of that effort was not, you know, put to waste. Um, Monty Hansberry, four-star forward, uh, ranked as high as number 52. In the class, and that was a big jump for him. Um, the latest rankings updates after just a really good summer, um, which kind of followed a really productive spring, which followed a really productive junior season of high school basketball. So he's just played a lot. He's probably he's played his best basketball in the last calendar year, essentially. Um, six eight, yeah, six eight two twenty five. Like a real like he's a power forward. Mm-hmm. He and. You know, it's sort of the player that Illinois has been trying to get for seems like years. I was going to say, what's that? What's the power forward again? <laughs> I haven't yeah. seen one of those in a long time. But and he, but he's got some versatility to him. He could play a small ball five because he's pretty physical and he's just got. I mean, his wingspan is crazy. Like his arms are just incredibly long. But he's a good passer. Averaged in his high school season, averaged a double double, about twenty points, ten rebounds a game, and also four assists. So. Uh, you can run some offense through him in the high, out of the high post. You know, he's got a decent face-up game, uh, so he's not just some you know back to the basket. You know, and that's all he's got. You know, I think as the senior year plays out, he'll probably rise in the rankings. Would be my guess, and Elmo might have gotten you know, a steal in the twenty twenty three class. Yeah, and it's probably going to be. It's the only commit they have 
right now in the 2023 class. So are they going to add any more, do you think, Scotty? Or what's what's next? I mean, what's next is if there's someone available, and there will be because players transfer all the time now, could be adding a, a mid-year transfer um, late December, early January, like they did with Dane Danger. It's why they left one scholarship open heading into this coming season. And there's no telling what the roster will look like um, next spring. Um, but I don't know that they'll – they're not going to – I don't think going to prioritize necessarily you know, another high school recruit in this class. Just because the way things shake out, Matthew Myers is the only player on the roster that's going to run out of eligibility. Everyone else can come back, could come back if they want to. Now, will they? Probably not. That's just not what happens anymore. But they might not have space to add anybody in the spring, but odds are there will be some changes. Don't know who or what or why or when at this point, but I would see after adding five freshmen in this current class um, for this coming season, adding a transfer in the next offseason just to inject a little more experience, some uh, you know, veteran wing perhaps, maybe another big that probably will take priority. Is there any kind of an update on the whereabouts of Zachary Perrine? Is he in town yet? The last I talked with you know, Brad Underwood, that was right before classes started, they were um, still kind of going through the process. Getting, Coming from France. Yeah, getting you know, the right student visas mm-hmm. and, and all of the paperwork you know, figured out. Uh, they remained very hopeful. I'm not sh- positive that he is here yet, but haven't heard that like it's not going to happen. Okay. 5.53. Bob, how did your Braves do over the weekend? Uh, well, that was kind of mean, but uh, Friday they were great. And luckily, my family went Friday, so it was good. Good. But this Saturday, Sunday, not so much. A couple of good ball games there. No, no, all horrible <laughs> games. So I don't I don't watch the games live. I tape the games. And, and you only watch the wins, though, don't you? I do. Only watch the wins. <laughs> okay. So I didn't watch I didn't watch Saturday night. So you Sunday. didn't watch Kenley Jansen implode on I Saturday not. night? Or I did not. Or Tyler O'Neill hit a three-run homer nope. Sunday night? Didn't see that. Oh, okay. Nope. Well, that's what happened, just so you're I'm aware. just glad the Braves don't play the Cardinals again this year because it's kind of traumatic at home. Maybe not till the playoffs, though. Then then we just won't talk to you for a while if, if that happens. I'll, I won't be watching those games live either. I'm just <laughs> wait, see if they win. Way you should have a lot more confidence, Bob. They they won the World Series last That's year. That's all I need for the really the rest of my life. I'm I'm good now. Okay, I'm really good, but but I don't want them to win the title again. Yeah, it was a it was an impressive weekend uh, for the Cardinals to come back. with they're down five nothing Saturday night, and Jordan Montgomery proved he was human uh, for yeah. the first time in a Cardinals uniform, and uh, just the way they kind of came back, and then. Seeing Tyler O'Neill hit that, that three-run homer Sunday night, I think is you're a, killing. I was convinced. <laughs> didn't see it. I was convinced that that dude was going to strike out the side after he struck mm-hmm. out Goldschmidt and yeah. Arenado mm-hmm. and Tyler O'Neill coming up. I thought this is a done deal. Yeah, no, exactly. throw him a curveball. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, that's what the Cardinals need, though. I mean, you think back to last September and that seven um, amazing 17-game win streak that really propelled them into the playoffs. Tyler O'Neill was the one kind of leading the charge. I mean, he was the National League Player of the Month in September, and just to to get any sort of uh, hitting out of him uh, at this point in the season is uh, a welcome sight if you're a Cardinals fan. Five fifty-five. Need to take one final break. We'll do that and be back after this. 
Hi, this is Lana Cutler from Arthur Christian Volleyball. Friday night is the Big Ten opener for Illinois football as they take on the Indiana Hoosiers right here on New Stock 1400 and 93.9 FM. And right now, Indiana is about a three-point favorite in that ballgame. Wouldn't be surprised that line doesn't move as the week goes on a little bit. Bob, you want to give a shout-out, a Get Well shout-out? Yeah, Mark Goldenberg, good friend of mine and Big Illinois fan, one of the biggest Illinois fans there is. He's been having some health things, but he's getting better. He's on the road to recovery. We want to see him back here. We, he's back here. He came to the game Saturday, so he's doing well. But I just want to say hello to him and say, get better. We're thinking about you, buddy. He's a Cardinal fan as well. Oh, my. Big Cardinal fan. <laughs> big Blues, Cardinals, yep. Illinois, everything. You name it. Matthew uh, Daniels. High school football week number one's in the books. How the hell did that go? Uh, it was a blur, but uh, <laughs> big week for uh, Tuscola beating Arcola in the Cola Wars. Big Friday night too for St. Joseph Ogden, sort of scoring a kind of surprising 21-14 win at Monticello. So Lauren Tate is probably unhappy about that outcome. Centennial went up to Proviso East, came in with a big win as well. They've got a chance to have a really good start to, to this season. Some surprising ones, though. Unity took it on the chin at Prairie Central. So uh, all in all, uh, good first week and, uh, you know, looking forward to, to more. I'd say the big game this week locally, Friday night, St. Joseph. Uh, St. Joe hosts Unity. Two rivals, longtime rivals, go at it there. And St. Joe's trying to go to 2-0 and while Unity tries to avoid an 0-2 start. Illinois Volleyball off to a 1-1 one one start. They lost to uh, a top-10 team, Georgia Tech, and then came back and beat Ole Miss over the weekend. They'll be in action a little bit later on <clears throat> this week, again on the road. Boulder, Colorado, Pac-12, Big 12. Pac-12 Big Ten Challenge, uh, Colorado on Saturday, and then Washington, uh, another ranked team on, on Sunday afternoon. Shout out to Steve Stricker, who won on the PGA Champions Tour. And a little side note, his daughter Bobby is still alive in the LPGA Qualifying School, Q School, with Steve Stricker as her caddy. That was kind of fun to watch. Scott Rich going to write some more basketball. Tell us more about uh, Hansberry tomorrow morning, I'm guessing. Yeah, there'll be a story in uh, the pages of the News Gazette, and then you know, perhaps even more this week. Good. Look forward to it. Appreciate it, guys. No problem. Thanks, Thanks Steve. Steve. On WDWS, Champaign-Urbana, Monday Night Sports Talk. Thanks for listening, everybody. We'll talk to you again soon.